Hello, third video of the day. Hello and welcome to Bloomberg Crypto. My name is James Gore, and this video we're going to be doing some news coverage from the past week or so. It's been long overdue, um, but I think today's today's a good day to kind of crank these hours. I've got some momentum behind me. Um, but if you are new here, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps with the algorithm. Even if it's to say so, just to say hello, would appreciate it. And if you're listening in podcast land, which most of you probably are, welcome. Um, but yeah, we're going to be taking a look at some key news from the past 24 hours, kind of look at the fallout from the dip today, because it's given us some very key information in the space. And then we're going to jump into some bits and bobs, uh, some bullish stuff, mostly bullish things. And then I'll give a, a bearish perspective just to give a, a kind of counter view of some potential things that could happen. Before we do jump in, if you did watch my videos from earlier today, I think one actually is previewing in a few minutes um, while I'm recording this. I highly recommend you look at the videos today. So the first video today, I was talking about how to trade these markets during flash crashes. I also post on Twitter, you know, I'm, I, you know, I shorted the market like a 50, uh, 40% gain. And then I did a, a long on Sol, uh, which I can talk about why I chose Sol, um, which gave me a 400% gain. Um, and it's kind of standard operating procedure for dips, but I think a lot of people might get a bit shaken by moves like this and if you've been around if you've been around for a while probably not but um there's it's quite they're, they're like they're like diamonds diamond opportunities because they're really really fun and easy to trade um if you have a bit of conviction and kind of kind of can read the market in real time which is is a bit necessary but i mean i was in the trade for two hours and i got 400 percent. so anyway enough enough tooting my own horn Let's jump in. So just quickly checking on Bitcoin. If you, if you watch the, the video from today, and I was talking about how to play these markets, it's just flirting with that trend line I was talking about. So provided we close above, I'm still happy, but the candle's yet to close today. But let's talk about the liquidations today. So key piece of news today. So Ethereum today on Kraken. Due to the matching engine, uh, Ethereum's price flash crashed to $700. Now, this is purely an issue with Kraken. We've had a few of these issues before in previous, you know, previous market cycles, things like Bitfinex uh, and Coinbase as well, actually, but in the opposite direction. And then they had to actually reset the uh, trading engine. That was with Bitcoin Cash. Rather frustrating. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if, um, if you're trading on Kraken... You know, there's going to be 20% dips in the future. Um, this, this this is mostly due to leveraged traders. It's not getting washed out in these markets, basically. Uh, a lot of stops, stop losses also being triggered as well. Um, probably not the levels, though, people would like. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, one thing I mentioned way back when last cycle uh which i'd probably say again is it doesn't hurt to have buy orders at some really ridiculous levels just because in instances where bitcoin does crash you know some of the altcoins are really going to significantly suffer um you're going to see dips like this it's, it's just the market's too new these exchanges aren't really ready to handle you know the volume they're trading on anyway and um 
and um you know we're we're uh we're still such a new space this is this is likely to keep happening in the future and it's likely to happen both ways so you know i'd say set your limit orders at some really crazy places to pick up some spot coins that you are looking to hold i find this mostly happens with the big players though bitcoin ethereum it tends to happen with but but it's, but it's uh, interesting that it did happen. Um, the next thing is that Ethereum, Ethereum's fees have shot above thirty dollars um, on average, which I mentioned previously, and it's causing a bit of a shift away from Ethereum's DeFi-based coins to coins that are on Binance Chain. Now there is some controversial uh, theories around this that you know CZ Chopping Zhao. Uh, you know, guy running Binance basically is uh, engineering a bit of this push. We saw in the last few days issues with Binance and all Ethereum-based tokens being able to be withdrawn. Binance actually froze for for a few hours, and they were mentioning that there are issues with AWS servers, which is all f- fair enough. That was a very scary moment for me because that that was when I realized, holy fuck, I, I, I have far too much money on Binance um, because I, I got extremely scared we had a Mount Got situation because my balance was showing zero and not refreshing properly. And I thought, God, if the exchange is hacked, um, I'm probably, you know, a bit screwed because most of what I'm trading with is over on Binance. Um, I do have, you know, a strong portion on FTX as well. I really like trading on FTX, actually. I think it's a superior exchange. just doesn't have as much exposure to some of the altcoins I'd like to touch. Um, but it, it's an issue. So, you know, Ethereum's fees are increasing. seems like Binance is, uh, Binance is a kind of... And CZ is doing everything he can to make Binance Coin as uh, useful as possible. So ensuring DeFi starts migrating to Binance changes kind of makes sense uh, on his part. And probably for those looking to trade the hottest DeFi coins. There's uh, some in. We're going to finish off with some DeFi news today. Some key news regarding uh, yield. Some of the good work going on over there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit it's a bit tricky, a bit tricky. Talking about the liquidations today, we've had one billion dollars worth of liquidations uh, due to dip. Um, Bitcoin dipped six k. It dropped to uh, just below forty eight thousand dollars today from fifty four. Um, CMA gap was filled. So, you know, some people would see this as a key piece of information because it means with the CME gap finally closing, it gives us room to move up. And, you know, that's not that's not completely, um, you know, unreasonable to suggest. So uh, in this article on Cointelegraph, they actually use a tweet that CryptoQuant tweeted out. In my previous video, I mentioned, which I highly suggest you watch, guys. It's called How to Perfectly Hit Bitcoin Tops and Bottoms. I talk about all the different on-chain data you can look at. And I finished off with CryptoQuant. And CryptoQuant is a service I pay for. Um, Actually, that that video is probably premiering now. (laughs) So, well, as I'm recording this. So, highly recommend you do check that out if you haven't already. 
you're listening to this via Spotify or iTunes, I highly, highly recommend you look at the video because there's so much data out there signaling when we're likely to see sell-offs, when we're likely to see tops, when we're likely to see bottoms. There's really no excuse to not be savvy. And if you're relying on other people to tell you when to, or if you, or if you simply don't know, um, then you're not doing yourself justice. So watch that video. I give you free options. I give you a paid version option, which is crypto quant and lots of other goodies there. Um, but we saw large uh, deposits being dumped on Gemini prior to this dump. And in that in that previous video, I talk about some, some hints as well. But I think the biggest thing, thing for me personally is that CME gap being filled. Um, it's quite It's quite big, quite big. Flipping to some bullish news. So Wedbush Securities expects 5% of public companies to buy Bitcoin. So analysts at Wedbush Securities think less than 5% of publicly traded companies will follow Tesla into buying Bitcoin. That's still a, that's, that's a massive amount. Just even one of them would be, would be quite a lot. And the thing is we have, uh, you know, family offices as well, lots of uh, private funds, uh, you know, getting exposure if we look if you remember michael saylor's uh video uh bitcoin conference bitcoin coin for corporations conference he spoke about he had a guest on that uh sp- about that spoke about how he had 92 institutions waiting to get access to btc and they're in queue um and that's you know that's going to take it's going to take quite some time to get all those all those institutions on boarded. So if you're bearish Bitcoin in the short term, in the immediate short term, I can understand. In the midterm, I don't understand. Long term, I, I don't see it personally. But um, but yeah, I mean, five percent of uh of uh you know of the of the of those publicly traded companies. This article is suggesting that'd be about five trillion dollars worth um, increase flowing into Bitcoin. And that would 5x Bitcoin's market cap from where we are now. Um, public companies are estimated to have about $10 trillion in cash reserves. If they invest 5%, that'd amount to half a trillion dollars flowing into Bitcoin, which can have significant pr- pressure on supply and demand. The thing is, how are they going get to get their hands on that Bitcoin? That's the question. So that's extremely bullish. Talk about something a bit bearish. <laughs> <laughs> to give you guys the other side of the coin, this is from The Block. Janet Yellen critiques Bitcoin as extremely inefficient for making transactions, which is fucking hilarious um, because um, it's the best settlement layer. You can transfer billions of dollars for a fraction of the cost almost instantaneously if you wanted to, at least within 10 minutes. Um so it makes me think, you know, what is this based on? You know, what is this based on? But I digress. I'll jump in into it. So this is what she says. She says, it's an extremely inefficient way of conducting transactions. The amount of energy that's consumed in processing the transactions is staggering. She was quoted as saying, on the subject of central bank digital currency, here and said that many questions remain, including the impact of monetary policy and the Fed wouldn't interact with retail users. And she can, she goes on to being quoted as saying, what would be the impact of the banking system? Would it cause a huge movement of deposits out of banks and into the Fed? Would the Fed deal with retail customers or try to do this at a wholesale level? 
Are there financial stability concerns? How would we manage money laundering and illicit finance uses? There's a lot of things to consider, but it's worth looking at. I am looking forward to the Fed and other central banks just airdropping helicopter money to people. Because one, if you think about quantitative easing and how money actually moves through the market, money, you know, trickle-down trickle down economics and doesn't doesn't tend to work there's not much of a better solution which is which is tricky other than just giving people money which people say is socialism but you know when we have the lindy effect kicking into full gear and if you're unaware of the lindy effect lindy effect is i I do recommend just looking it up or, or i guess i could describe it as well but basically money's printed and um you know that that money is distributed into the economy but by distributing into the economy it's it usually lands up in uh companies uh in in terms of stock it usually lands up in stock prices increasing because stocks are bought assets are bought an average person doesn't really receive much if any and it's meant to kind of help support the economy um through you know, a few different ways it could potentially do so, but it's very second, third, fourth order of effect rather than just direct order order of effect. If if there was central bank digital currencies, this could provide people with, you know, a way to actually receive uh, helicopter money. And yes, people would call it socialism, but the existing system socialism anyway. It's just you're not benefiting. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know when when banks print money. We're all paying for it, but we're not receiving it. We're not really receiving the benefit of anything directly. You know, it goes in, it goes into asset, increased asset prices. So it's um, it's interesting. It, where if central bank digital currencies do come kick into gear, and then people are able to kind of receive them, I would be more than welcome to receive them, and then I'd probably just trade them in for something like Bitcoin or cash, because um, there's probably going to be some trade draconian authoritarian uh you know transaction monitoring in terms of where you can spend it spend uh spend the central bank digital currencies and 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 this is a prediction right guys because you know the the whole system is based on inflation i don't mean inflation in terms of rising asset prices i mean inflation in terms of like everything must grow and the reason why, you know, interest rates aren't going to go up or aren't likely to go up in any significant way, why debt is encouraged is because it encourages spending and it doesn't encourage holding on to any assets. Because if you hold on to assets, well, cash specifically, if you hold on to cash, it loses value. You're encouraged to spend it. So that's that's. You know, if if you have a central bank digital currency, you could be in a, in a in a you know have some because it's programmed it'd be programmed money beyond what you know money is currently. There could be some condition where the longer you hold on to it, the more you actually see it decreasing value. There could be a timer, for example, saying if you spend if you don't spend this within X amount of time uh, to help stimulate the economy, you either lose it or it loses like 10% of its value each week or each month. That's not an, that's not an unlikely thing to expect when the system's built on growth. So extremely possible, extremely scary. 
Um, but good for people that have a harder asset. Moving on. Ripple has proof that SEC failed to warn exchanges about XRP security status. This is huge because it basically means they're uh, going to be guilty of something and have to pay some kind of fine. But ultimately, this SEC drama has been dragged out long enough. Um, it's clear there's just going to be some fine. Ripple's going to continue to exist. Um, and all that will happen is at some point exchanges that, um, you know, listed Ripple will have to provide some kind of evidence that XRP didn't tell them that, you know, Ripple was a security. Um, but essentially they've, you know, committed securities fraud and uh, provided uh, trading of a security without, you know, to retail investors without uh, any kind of proper procedure. So, um so Ripple execs are looking to dismiss the suit. Garlinghouse has already filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit filed by Securities Exchange Commission, according to Sullivan. He certainly denies that his top executive was aiding and abetting Ripple sales. Bullshit. Uh, the accusation that is at the heart of the SEC's amended lawsuit, while insisting that his client didn't know that XRP could potentially be classified as an investment contract, uh, that's garbage. Um, the SEC's allegations established opposite of what they purport to do. Mr. Collinghouse did not know or recklessly disregard that XRP could have been or was an investment contract. So that's garbage. And Garlinghouse knows that garbage. Everyone in the crypto space knows that's garbage. If you've been following this space, you 100% know uh, firstly, that they've been dumping XRP on the market to, uh, in exchange for cash for quite some time. Um, but you know, this this is key here. Garlinghouse did not knowing did not know or recklessly disregard that XRP could have been. So could have been potentially. It's so obvious XRP could have been potentially, um, you know, a security um, just based on how it was created. I mean, if fails the Howey test. So, you know, it's a bit of an issue. Anyway, moving on to some good news. Going to round out the episode now. Uh, so, Jack Dorsey, JC, aim to make Bitcoins the internet's currency. So, uh, the pair provided 500 Bitcoin to the endow an endowment to focus on Bitcoin development in uh, Africa. I think specifically Nigeria. Um, I'm not entirely sure but this is huge because you know this we 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 need more uh bitcoin devs specifically um and crypto devs but more bitcoin devs specifically more people w working on bitcoin and it's very hard to work on bitcoin if there's no nobody willing to pay you even you start out obviously you know you, you you um, some you know a lot of Bitcoin devs. I think the good website is Bitcoin Dev List, um, and you could actually donate to Bitcoin devs. But you know to get started, it could be a bit tricky for people. And to really innovate in this space, having 500 Bitcoin behind you could really be helpful. Now the interesting thing is is something I listened to uh, on the Michael Saylor and Safely Namus podcast was that they're saying they might never need to sell this Bitcoin. They could just raise capital against it and use it as uh, collateral to pay to pay staff, to pay developers. 
and pay that back as Bitcoin's price appreciates. You know, if we have five trillion dollars flowing into Bitcoin, we're going to see a five x increase in Bitcoin's market cap, just from five percent of uh, the listed companies uh, on the New York on New York Stock Exchange. Then you know, it's it's quite it's quite huge. It's quite huge. So so yeah. Moving on, just checking on Tesla's Bitcoin buy. Their Bitcoin buy is now worth $1.5 billion. And uh, they've made $1 billion in profits so far since uh, they purchased Bitcoin. That's obviously going to take a little bit of a hit today, but that's huge. And it's likely to continue to grow and grow. Uh, last three pieces of news, uh, $7 billion worth of CRO, so that's Crypto.com's coin, is burned ahead of Crypto.org chain launch. Price soars at 70%. Any token burn tends to um, tends to see a bit of a bit of an increase in price. Um, the interesting thing here is um, we can see that the actual chain is going to be well suited to DeFi and NFTs as well, which is good to know. So um, I think any kind of interaction with you know the DeFi space or NFTs or anything to make things easier for people to kind of interact between these blockchains is kind of crucial. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. And then last couple of pieces of news, speak of NFTs, 34 unique CryptoPunk NFTs have been sold for one million dollars one million dollars uh which is pretty insane so you know i i think i made a comment on twitter which i recommend you follow me on underscore boom bear um the cheapest crypto punk sold for 40k which is crazy absolutely crazy but um and if nfts are here to stay and you know some people could call them a bubble um the point is is that if you're an if you're an artist like from a traditional space like musician or similar and you were going to sell something directly that's a collectible and you were going to do it on as an NFT, you're probably gonna do really, really well. And I tweeted out someone that did this, I can't remember his name, he's a musician, that my grammatic I think. Um but he basically made up a year's worth of touring losses in a single sale on an F NFT, so um, absolutely huge. Uh, last bit. So, DeFund, DeFi fund manager White Axis launches V2 to make earning interest on crypto more accessible. So, this kind of uh, tapers into what I was going to mention about Sol um, and a few other few other cryptos I'm seeing now. We're seeing uh, liquidity being. Um, connected between these decentralized exchanges right now with some of these chains and Sol is providing an order book for that as well. Um, we're seeing we're seeing some serious moves in this in this space uh, to make things easier for everyone and uh, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. We're still very early days but you know a lot of a lot of uh, the yields that people will be seeking will likely be coming from from the DeFi space moving forward, even though there's things like flash loans and, and hacks and the rest, we're likely to see a bit more stability as we see inter interoperability between these exchanges, uh, which is kind of what you want, isn't it? So um, very early days, but lots to be optimistic about. Bitcoin's doing well, everything's doing well, a bit of a dip today, 
ain't no thing. Highly recommend you uh, look at the videos I mentioned previously. Um, so my how to trade dips basically video, flash crashes video from this morning and then the one that's uh, airing now which is how to hit Bitcoin tops and bottoms using on-chain data. I recommend you take a look at that. If you've been listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Please leave me a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. If you've been, if you made this far, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hope you have an amazing day. Wishing you guys all the best. Shall catch you in the next one very soon.